0: Hey everyone, it's Dijon. Hope you're all doing well. I just wanted to say, if you're a part of this community and you want to see it grow, please subscribe and follow this channel wherever you are listening. Give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share it with the homies. Thanks. Welcome to the Souls of Society community. We're building a new world here. It's based on connection, Compassion and collaboration. Join us as we explore how to create a new earth. Enjoy the Heart Center conversation. I'm Dijon. Welcome to the Tribe. Bless. Welcome back, family. I am excited for the guest I have on today. Her name is Chanel, and she's an angelic light being. And I don't mean that in a euphemism way. You can definitely feel that in her presence and in her writing and in her sharing. And I just got connected with her from reading her writing on Facebook and feeling really inspired by the way she was standing in a truth and the way she was responding people who were maybe... Triggered or intrigued, She just felt very grounded. So I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you for being here
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah So You're in norway, correct?
1: Yes for for the time being i'm in norway, but I am moving to south france in about a month So go there for autumn and winter and then I come back to norway So i've always been like that to be a bit of a bird that travels when it gets cold so Mm -hmm. I don't like the cold too much and it gets really cold in Norway so Mm. I'm looking forward to spend the time in in a little bit of warmer climate.
0: Yeah I'm not a big fan of cold either I really appreciate being in California in San Diego where it's warm all year round. Beautiful. Did you grow up in Norway?
1: I did I, I am yes I grew up I was born in Norway and grew up here but I as Early as I can remember, even from uh, kindergarten, I was standing because they would throw us out in minus 20 minus twenty degrees. It was freezing. And I remember even as a child standing there and promising to myself that when I get grown up, I will never spend the winters in Norway. And I, I all since I was 18, so I turned 34 next month. And all since I was 18, I've been gone in the winters. So mm. uh, usually to Bali or India or Brazil, but... I always make sure I'm not here in Norway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of those places are on my bucket list. Thanks for the inspiration. So I'm Mm. curious, what was your path to becoming a healer and becoming awakened? Was it the influence of your family when you were growing up? or What was it like? Were you surrounded by people that helped to bring that out of you?
1: Absolutely not. Actually, quite the contrary. So I grew up in a really terrible foster home. I had a really awful childhood. But when I was 16, 17, I started to ask the bigger questions in life. What, Why are we here? What is this place? What is this earth? What's going on in the bigger cosmos? And I was having all these really big, beautiful questions, and I didn't get any feedback from the normal Norwegian school system. And I was starting to feel like I was wasting my time. It was really this feeling like I'm, I'm learning so many things that I will never, ever use, like algebra. Like I was learning it for the third time and I knew I was going to you know forget it for the third time. And I was sitting in school and I was really feeling like this is not what life is about for me. And um, one day I went to our small Nor- Norwegian a standard school library and I just ran my fingers across the books and I said stop and then I pulled one book out and this was a normal Norwegian school library so nothing you don't find many spiritual angled books in these libraries but I pulled out a book that's called the Tibetan book of the living and dying and this book really changed my life this book was about Tibetan Buddhism and it's it's in that book They talk a lot about masters spiritual masters so i was like ah oh, i need a spiritual master where can i find one and i didn't know where to find one but i knew i had to quit school and this was at the last six months in high school so i've already gone there for two and a half years but i quit and everyone around me was panicking and you can't do that and that's such a terrible idea and you will be a social client for the rest of your life and I was even pulled into the, what's the name, Uh, the head teacher's office. And yeah, they were all warning me that how much, what a terrible idea this was. And I didn't really know anything uh, about Bali, but I was like, I need to go to Bali. And I went to Bali, so I quit school, went to Bali. And when I came to Bali, wherever I turned in Bali, I would hear this name Sky. This guy, when posters and people I met and at that time even I knew about the universe and how the universe talks in symbols so I was like okay I need to find out who this sky person is and so I went to one of his yoga classes because he's a yoga teacher and he took me to his teacher and then I met his teacher again who was an Indian guru and this resulted in me sitting in up in the rice fields in bali for 5 6 years studying the vedic teachings uh, and the vedic teachings is the the source teachings or the source scripts from the from all the eastern traditions actually so the hinduism buddhism taoism all of these teachings they stem from the vedic teachings and i was i would run to every class because it was so uh, exciting i would finally i was getting the kind of wisdom, deep spiritual wisdom, that my soul was really yearning for. So for all those years, I would travel between Norway, to Bali, to India, and just study. And I that day when I was 17 and I was in the school library, I actually pulled out two books in that same way. And one book took me on a journey to Indonesia and Bali, but the other book took me to the other side of the world. That book is called Shaman, Healer, Wise and in that book they talk a lot about plant medicines and about shamanisms and about plant medicine teachers like Ayahuasca. So that book actually took me and four girlfriends on a deep journey into the Amazon when I was 18. So I went to, the Bali, to Bali first, met my spiritual teachers there, came back to Norway, and then we went into the Amazon. And that was a crazy journey because we were five Norwegian blonde, blue-eyed girls deep in the Amazon. And and we didn't know this, but we were actually traveling for 10 days on a boat down the Amazon river on the world's most trafficked cocaine route. And and we didn't know this. And we were like, we were very uh, trusting in this part of this stage of our life. And I feel that Our trust protected us on this journey because we would only meet really nice people that even some of them came and and really protected us on on this journey. Uh, And I know it was a very dangerous, actually a very dangerous place for us to be at times, uh, but we were very protected. And we came far into the Amazon, actually on the tip where Colombia and Brazil meets each other, deep in the Amazon, and there we had a a ceremony with a, a shaman. And that was my first meeting with ayahuasca, so ayahuasca actually has been my one of my biggest teachers. After that, I've been with. I went several times to Brazil, also here in Norway. The plant medicine community is very big, so I would say my biggest teacher has been the plant medicines.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's an amazing story. What I'm hearing is you had discontent from your. High school time and you felt like you were learning things that weren't actually applicable to the life that you wanted to lead and and weren't substantive and Mm. you went out in search of more substance and you used Your connection to your inner voice and I've actually done the thing with the book before and letting my finger along a book and that's how I found the Celestine prophecy which Mm. ended up being very transformative but you found the Tibetan Book of the Dead and that led you on this path to Bali and then to Colombia. And after the discouragement of basically everybody in your life, you chose to listen to your inner guidance above that.
1: Yeah. And that was a program I had very early on that I just have to follow my heart. There isn't any. I, I know some people, they have very strong dialogue in their mind and the mind is running the show even though their heart is saying one thing they will go by the logic of the mind but very from early on i've always been like i just have to follow my heart i know i won't be happy if i don't follow my heart and at one point when i was 19 i couldn't go anywhere in the world without meeting upon very strong spiritual teachers like wherever i would turn my head uh, i would just bump into this very powerful old thousands of years old spiritual images and different ones I felt because I went to Brazil there I would meet several of these amazing teachers I saw one now in the mirror of my um, reflection of my mirror just had to laugh yeah and then I would also I went to London there I would meet some very some people that really transformed my life same in Norway so I I feel like in India and Bali too wherever I turn my head at that time in my life I would just. Be, I feel now I was being prepared for this time because now is really the time that all of that studying has come to fruition with the work that I'm doing now.
0: Totally. There's that cliche saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears and that seems to be very much the case in your experience. And
1: Not for sure. yeah,
0: it's just like anything you attract what you're resonating at and you are resonating for this deep, soul knowledge, and therefore it was presented to you. I think in our world, the way it's set up, everything is outside of us. And we think we have to go outside and grasp and grab and manipulate and control and grind. But in reality, I feel like it's tuning into that inner dimension and calling in what -hmm. you want and then having it reflected right outside of you.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I feel that doesn't happen to me now. Put it that way that was i've been told by some of these teachers that i picked up a thread from an earlier life
0: Hmm. very early on
1: so it wasn't really that much choosing it either it was just yeah it was part of my of my journey
0: so how did you how do you feel like you picked up that thread it was just like an inner calling that was very loud
1: yeah, I would do a lot of weird things when I was a child. Like, I would sit in trance and I would come into this, like, really, it would freak me out because I didn't understand what was going on. But if I think about it, it's very much like some of the Tibetan practices. Or,
0: mm.
1: um, yeah, but like, even when I was a child, I would, for fun, I would sit and move clouds from the sky with my mind and it worked. I didn't have any limitations.
0: Wow, that's amazing.
1: I talked to a friend also the other day and she was actually really surprised because we talked about these weird things we did as children when we weren't and and she remembered, she forgot it but she remembered that she was levitating when she was a child
0: Wow this reminds me of autobiography of a yogi and thinking about Yogananda and the way he had this like intense spiritual thirst that was tied into the lineages he was connected to
1: Mm -hmm. beautiful
0: And it also speaks to the journey of the soul, which is not finite. It's not about this one lifetime experience. And I feel, especially in the way that the world is divided in America along like racial lines, it can be like an us or them mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that's only seeing things in this lifetime. And my perspective is that we all have infinite lifetimes and we play different roles and you may be a uh, blonde-haired blue-eyed Norwegian in this life But you were tied to other things in other lives and oh, yeah, you're here to learn and embody certain characteristics in this life
1: Yeah, and even sometimes when I have rem- memories from other lives my eyes turn like this and I turn into an old Chinese guy <laughs> So, you That's never funny. know we've in all so many different shapes and forms and
0: That's amazing. So after you came back from Colombia, and then what was the path your life took then?
1: It was funny because I was at that time I was 19, 20. And in between all of these spiritual studies, I had to make a living and and make enough money so I could go away for six months at a time. So one day I was working in Oslo and I came into this very magical spiritual bookshop. Uh, There's not many of them here in Norway, but this place was just from a magical movie with crystals everywhere and books about all kinds of different spiritual traditions and magic. And right before I came in there, so I changed my name quite recently to Chanel. I can go into why I did that a bit later. But before that, my name was Pia. And so the owner, five minutes before I came in, she had told the other girl working there and her name, the other girl working there was P, Her name was Pia. And she told her, oh, I wish I had another Pia here. And then I walk in and I'm like, hey, uh, do you have a job for me? So that was actually a very beautiful part of my journey because this woman really took me in and she treated me like a family member and uh, because I had, didn't have a I didn't have parents at that point. I didn't have any home. And she really took care of me. And she told me, because she said to me, you don't have to travel that far to find plant medicines, to find ayahuasca, because we actually have a circle here in Norway. And then she took me to what then became my mentor for the past 10 years, or 17 years, no, 16, yeah, 15 years. And it was a beautiful... That was my first, I feel in so many ways, that was my first introduction to ayahuasca because in the Amazon, it was very tribal. It was very shamanic and tribal, and that is not really a big part of my path. So that's when I came to what is called um, Santo Daima, which is a specific tradition within the, the plant medicine community, which is more connected to the angelic realms and the yeah the astral and the the higher realms we work a little bit different it's not so earthy it's more going up higher up in the ethers so that became such a big part of my journey so when i came to that and i had my first ceremony i felt like i i came home it was this beautiful i first of all i exploded in light and it was this really beautiful feeling of I'm home. And that really became a very deep part of my journey. And for years I would first use a lot of that time pure purging out my own stuff. For five, six years, I would just you know really process my childhood. It was a lot of heavy work. It was a lot of uh, inner work and you have to empty the vessel before you can be a channel, which uh, now my work is very much about being a channel. But I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't done all of that inner work at that time. So, and at one point also the medicine, she will, we call her she because it's a feminine plant from the Amazon. We also call her the, the queen of the forest. But she will really help you pure purify your body, purify your system, cleanse out everything that's no longer in harmony, and all the old all the stuff, it can even be stuff from previous incarnations. So I used a lot of time doing that. And then she prepares you to work with others. And that's very much what my work is about now, is to to help other people also go through the same beautiful cleansing uh, that I've done.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for your courage and diving deep into yourself like that.
1: There's not really any other option.
0: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. It's we're all going to the same place eventually. And it's really, it's like how much we hold on to the sides and try to slow down the process.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you found a community in Norway where you could have the same experiences and maybe not quite the same, maybe even ones that were more resonant because you found your tribe and then did you start doing like healing work with them or what was your path with them?
1: Yes, so so for many years, we were so blessed to have all these different tribal leaders from the Amazon come up here to Norway and all of Scandinavia actually for many years the plant medicine community has been very strong up here in the north. And there's been a lot of these chiefs from the Amazon's been coming here and and helping us with the light work that's been done here. And also you can bump into a lot of weird stuff in these kind of realms. So that's also been a journey to find really what resonates and what doesn't also. That's also a process.
0: Totally, because things aren't necessarily bad, but they may not be your path. Like you mentioned the shamanistic qualities and how it was very earthy. It's not bad, and I'm sure it's for some people, but maybe it just wasn't for you as much.
1: Exactly, and that's the beauty of it. It's just different. And we all have also ancestry lineages that are flowing through our cell memory and our DNA. So some people will be more connected to the elemental realms, and some people will be more connected to the tribal Earth people. And we are all from different tribes on this planet. So it's not about uh, better or worse. It's just about different.
0: You have a good understanding, and you're able to follow your own guidance because on the spiritual path, I think it's important to be humble and it's important to uh, seek guidance. And then it's also equally important to tune in and know what really is actually true for you. And speaking of the tribes and mentioning the tribes we've come from, I think that you're probably pretty aware of your galactic origins.
1: Yeah, I am. I have, I, I do have some very clear memories of some stellar memories. So we all have different, and it's not one strain. We have all so many different beings inside of us.
0: Yeah. And how did you get tuned into that galactic so, part of yourself?
1: So for sure with the plant medicine, so many ceremonies when you, and, and in ceremonies is not, that you, for me, I actually become more present, more uh, aware, more conscious. It's just like someone turns up the volume of that. I don't need that anymore to do that, but I did it was in the past. It was a way of kind of the medicine shows you who you are so that you can embody more of of your true being. But when I, I would always turn into a lion, for example. And I wouldn't understand it. In the start, I would be like, why am I turning into a lion every time I'm drinking medicine? Mm. And then I would also turn into a fairy or an angel. So these, these different kind of beings that it's alternating between. But it doesn't, they have all, we have many beings in us. You know, we're told that, Oh, you're, you're we are told that humanity is told that we stem from monkeys, like we, we stem from primates, and that's, just one like, one fraction of of our origin. And this is very interesting with the missing link and stuff, because it's not missing. And they know it, they know that it's not missing. Hmm. They don't talk openly about that. But if you look to the ancient Egyptian times, it's all there. Lion head, human body, bird head, human body. I also have bird in my DNA. So it's All these different beings come from different parts of the galaxy and we've been lied to for a very long time on earth. It's very convenient to tell a whole civilization that you stem from stupid monkeys because then you think we are stupid. So that's really the the missing link that we turned from primates like boom overnight to humans like of course not. But there's such a huge difference like I love what my man says, look at primate, look at a monkey, can it build a skyscraper?
0: Yeah, there's a really powerful series on Gaia TV called Initiation. With,
1: I love Gaia TV.
0: Yeah, with mm-hmm. Matthias de Stefano. And he goes into the galactic history and also the seeding of creation from different galactic races on Earth. And he talks about the Syrians and the Arcturians and the Pleiadians and the Mu civilization and the Lyrans and the Stargates and the constellations. And it's just very fascinating. And this may be far out to some people. But I guess I would just invite anyone who feels a resonance to explore, because truth is a feeling, right? So if what Chanel is saying feels true, even though maybe you haven't heard something like this before, then just explore on your own and go deeper down that path.
1: I love the, the example of Hawaii, actually, because if you look at the islands of Hawaii, there was nothing there, and up comes these islands from volcanic uh, activity. And it was only a red you know, volcanic place. But throughout time, the winds and the sea has brought so much uh, diversity to those islands, both in the plants that grow there and the animals, and, but there was nothing there. And the same with Earth was once just a giant red plane of existence. There wasn't anything else here. And then going from that, the galactic winds and it has been seeded from all these different kinds of, of uh, species. Mm. And yeah, it's the, the story of this planet is the most beautiful story you can come across. It's difficult for me to watch movies these days because reality is so much more fun. And uh, I I, I totally (laughs)
0: agree with that.
1: Yeah. And the true story of this planet is super exciting. Like it's also there's different channelers that have talked upon this. And there's a lot of species animal species on this planet that have come whole here. They brought here. They can't track the evolutionary cycle of these animals. They come in full form. And a lot of these things are not talked about.
0: Do you know of one animal species that was brought here?
1: No, I don't. If you want to look into that work, it's a Chandler called Alex Collier.
0: Okay.
1: He talks upon these things and where we come from, and yeah.
0: Oh, that's very interesting.
1: He says there's 20, 22 different races on this planet.
0: I've heard but, that. I've heard that number too. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, but it's. I think for me, so when I was 18 and I came to Bali, I was in a relationship with a, with a man for almost eight years for a long time and he is a human rights activist and he works also really high up in political systems and he worked or works on a presidential level so he would get a lot of his intel from from fbi and the cia and also the kgb he would have direct contact to a lot of these um, organizations and Sometimes he would even come back from dinners with the um, high officials in the military systems and they talk about these things. Like they are talking very freely about these things, about motherships and what they they know all of these things. On that level, they talk freely about it and they know it. So the, the reason why I, on a very early part of my journey, came into these things it's because i got my information from those sources Mm. and then i would start to experience so many things also in plant medicine ceremonies like i would see people shape shift into reptilians i would see people shape shift into these different beings and and then it would all map out also with a little bit of age it's like the picture is coming into place in so many ways also from my own experience i've had several encounters with et's so it becomes it doesn't become something you read about in a book it becomes something with your own eyes
0: that's so powerful and it is exciting there's just so much to uncover about this experience and as someone who has stepped away from the mainstream followed your own heart to explore ayahuasca in the amazon that's a really interesting journey and then come back to find your own resonant tribe and really deepened your understanding of yourself. Is there a unique offering that you've been able to develop with all these different lineages you've studied and modalities?
1: Yeah, so I've been hosting retreats all over the globe the last 10 years. So I've been hosting close to 100 retreats. So we take people on these journeys and take them for about 10 days, 5 to 10 day journeys. I'm also a detox and vitality coach. So I teach people one thing is to cleanse the body with protocols and supplements and cleansing protocols like water fasting, uh, juice fasting, and these things. So I guide people through that also one-to-one uh, over Zoom calls. And But I like to work multidimensionally. So people come to me and they think they're doing a detox cleanse, but I also detox negative limiting beliefs and anything that's holding us back there's so many aspects to detox so that's one thing that i do Uh, and then i've developed also something called elemental alchemy which is basically the teachings that i've come across in the vedic teachings from studying that because the vedic teachings is really a form of shamanism they're all talking about the same things it's all about the reality of who we are and our interconnectedness with nature. So some people will say that we're part of nature, but we're not only part of nature, we are nature and we're an extension of nature. And the same elements that builds up nature also builds up our beings and our our bodies. And you can even see on your here you can see the rivers, the water it has the same shape as the rivers the same with the plants they hold the element of earth so when you eat the plants and the minerals they build the cells but that also has the energy from the solar energy which burns in every single cell of your body the sun energy burns so the sun burns inside of you you actually there's a lot of traditions will say you are a sun so to understand that all the elements that I love this, the, the lungs they look like upside trees. And the trees breathe out what we breathe in, and we breathe out what the trees breathe in. It's such a beautiful interconnectedness. And to understand that we are not only part of nature, we are nature. So when we hurt nature, nature we hurt ourselves. And um, A few years ago, I had the the possibility to meet Rupert Sheldrake, who's a scientist, and he has, he's one of the scientists that's been able to actually prove how we are part of something called the morphogenetic field. And the morphogenetic field is a field that we're all part of. It's like an avatar, where they talk about the interconnectedness of everything. You will find this in all the different spiritual traditions. They will talk about it in a little different way, but it's the same teaching. It's the same thing going through everywhere. And the morphogenetic field is basically, he, Rupert Sheldrake was able to explain why a mother, even though she's not with her child, can feel if something's off, if, if there's been an accident, even if they're countries apart, she can feel that in her belly. In her, because we are connected, and this goes beyond time and space, it is outside time and space. So, I teach upon these things also not so much teaching, it's more reminding because this is information we all have access to. So, I I love one of my teachers, he explained that you're not actually going, supposed to learn so much new stuff, it's more peeling of the layers of the stuff you learn that is not true. We're not separate beings. and we are one. So to really uh, remind people of that. And I love to do that through examples of nature, because nature is the greatest teacher out there.
0: Uh, it's so powerful. I'm grateful for your level of integration of so many different ways of thinking and experiencing reality. I can definitely feel the truth in what you're sharing.
1: And I love that because the teacher is one. That's one of the things one of my teachers said the first time I met him. The, the teacher is one. And it doesn't matter if it's in this form or that form. The truth is truth. And I had this beautiful strong vision once in a, an ayahuasca ceremony where I was taken up to heaven and I saw this fountain. of It was a f- fountain but with flames. And it was, the fa- it was the original flame, it was very beautiful. And I saw all these torches being given out to all these different spiritual traditions from this original. Flame also representing wisdom and knowledge. And I could see throughout time, through thousands of years, I was taking through a journey through time, through thousands of years, and seeing that it all stems from the same source. And now the different lineages are there holding the torches. But some of them are going like, we have the truth. No, we have the truth. No, we have the truth. And arguing amongst them, actually, truth is truth and light is light. And that's one of my passions, to really see also that the teacher morphs. The teacher, and that's, I remember when I was 18 and I met one of my first teachers here in Norway, he was a little bit like, I wanted to study with him, but he was like a little bit precious I had to work a little bit to get to study with him. And I had a dream about him where his face morphed in thousands of faces. And he said, I'm everywhere. And that was such a matrix moment mm. <laughs> in my dream. But it's so true. If you pay attention, the teacher is everywhere. And every person you meet has something To show you that you don't know they know something that you don't know and if you can meet the world in that way And see that everyone can potentially be a teacher in your life and have that humbleness then then life becomes very beautiful
0: I couldn't agree more I've been doing this project since 2011 and it's been the most illuminating experience of my life far more so than going to any school, just having these types of interactions with people and mm-hmm. coming with a heart of openness and letting the the one teacher speak through all these different vessels and expand my consciousness and awareness.
1: Beautiful. That's beautiful. I love yeah.
0: that. It's so powerful and I'm grateful that I get to share it because it gets to show in a very, undeniable way that it's not just one lineage like today, it's a blonde haired, blue eyed Norwegian and tomorrow it might be a homeless man on the streets of Atlanta.
1: Even take it further. I had a ceremony not long ago where I had a, I put up this crystal grid and I put crystals on top of each other. And this little insect climbed all the way on top. And for hours, he was sitting there healing me this little tiny insect and i had this beautiful moment with this little teacher you know teachers come in so many different shapes and forms and and it can even come in beings that we don't even see and and yeah they if we are open because some of these teachers also whisper Mm. and they don't scream but if we are humble and we are open to it we can really interact with some different teachers on different uh, levels of existence
0: that's a an amazing insight i feel like it is all about your level of openness and reverence mm. which is really openness and reverence together i feel like is the quality of like receptivity and i know a long time on my path i was aggressively seeking like I had, to, I was looking for enlightenment as if it was a finish line I was going to cross and then I would be levitating on a cloud or something. But what I came to realize is that it's always available, like you said, in all these different forms. And it's just, can I open myself up and can I keep my nervous system regulated enough to tap into these frequencies?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And be exposed to some truths that also keeps the ego. Because I can see this has also been something maybe coming into my path a little bit later. I can see a lot of like very inflated egos in the more spiritual realms. For example, ch- channeling. So 10 years ago, I channeled a work that came through a ceremony that became a 42 book pages book. And I've never channeled like that again. I can't decide that I'm just gonna, I channel now in different ways, but I cannot like just sit down and I'm gonna channel in that way. That was something that just happened in that state of, in that state and time in my journey. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of these things that we actually can't decide to do with our, I'm gonna do this. Like it's, it happens on a different level and to really accept that and not to disturb the flow in a way.
0: I totally agree. In my experience, I've been able to create in many different forms and I try to release my attachment to how it comes through because I don't necessarily have control over that. But what I do have control over is making sure I'm available to the flow and opening my channel through yoga, meditation, breath work, plant medicine, et cetera.
1: Keeping your vibe high,
0: keeping the vibe high. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. I'm curious, is there? I know you're working on this program to get it online. And right now it's mostly in person stuff. But if people Mm -hmm. feel magnetized to all the things you're sharing and teaching, is there a good way for them to connect with you?
1: Yes. So I work as a clairvoyant. I do something called astral oracle guidance, which is about 90 minutes online consultations um, where I also channel different messages that come through. And so that's one thing that I do. I'm also working on taking elemental alchemy into an online program. So that will come closer to Christmas. It will be uh, an online course, elemental alchemy, where you will learn all kinds of different kinds of way of tuning and purify your being. Yeah, to cleanse out energies that are no longer serving you, blocks in your system, and also how to do different spiritual practices that can really embody more of you, of your soul, of of your blueprint.
0: I'm excited about that. Is there...
1: And one thing, actually, one more thing is that we are hosting um, a retreat in South France closer to Christmas also.
0: And what will that treat be? Will that be an elemental alchemy retreat?
1: No, so elemental alchemy is, a, is one of the classes in that retreat. And that retreat is actually called Lionsgate. And it's connected to, also to the Maria Magdalena energies of South France. We could take people on a tour to the different places there. Very connected to the lineage of Maria Magdalena. one of the lineages that i work with so yeah this is a it's a retreat for people who really want to deep dive into themselves and connect more to the spirits and to themselves
0: beautiful and what was the name of that retreat one more time lions gate and yeah we will get the links for all of those things and include them in the show notes so that you can dive deeper into chanel's world and offerings and Thank you so much, sister, for coming on to share your light and your wisdom.
1: Thank you for having me here. And also actually writing on two books that are coming out later this year. Uh, and that's so. the first one is a book called In the Heart of a Lioness, which is different kind of uh, spiritual wisdom and inner, uh, trans- what's the name? Inner yeah, inner channels that I've done throughout the last years that I put into a book format and then the other book is called the crystal children prophecies and that's the book that I channeled about a decade ago.
0: Wow, so many offerings. It's such an exciting time. I know hey. f- for a lot of people. This is a very scary time and there's definitely a lot of darkness that's being unearthed. but I feel like we're also being assisted from many realms to usher in a new age of peace and harmony. And of course it will take work. It's not only, we can't only think good thoughts, but we also have to take action. But I feel like there's assistance for those of us willing to step into this paradigm.
1: If you look at all the ancient scriptures on the planet, they talk about these times. The Vedic teachings talk about the different cycles of creation. They talk about Kali Yuga, which is a very destructive time on the planet. They also talk about Satya Yuga, which is a Yuga cycle, and Satya Yuga is more of a heavenly time on Earth. There's more peace. There's no people starving from not having food and not having water, and there's no wars. And the same with the, the Mayan teachings. They talked about the end of a timeline in 2012. Everyone thought the world was going to end, but it was actually the end of the old world. And the same with, if you go to the old Greek masters, Aristoteles, Plato, and uh, Hippocrates and all of these great Greek masters, they also talked about the cycles of creation, they call it the golden age, we're moving into the golden age. This is what they call the Aquarian age, with uh, with more of the galactic tick-tock. It's, uh, we've ticked into another chapter of our journey here on earth, and. It's a beautiful time. It's not a, the old needs to die. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing the destruction of the old and they're really trying hard to hold on, but it's gone. It is going. This is the process we're witnessing now. And the more of us who are really tuning in the new timeline and just anchoring it down, the, the better, the more you can focus on the good stuff, the better. Because it's, it's shifting.
0: It's already shifted. I think the way we experience life will be determined on where we're focusing our attention. So if we were to turn on the news, then you would leave feeling probably drained and discombobulated. Whereas if you've been tuning in to us conversing about all the things going on, maybe you feel inspired and you feel called to learn more and to play your part.
1: I learned something. I, I love something I learned from my ex. And he's so involved in these what's actually going on the planet. And he used to say if you look at the newspaper and you turn it upside down, you're closer to the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah. But when
1: they say Russia is dangerous, it's not. When they say like it's all programming. Right. Because it's so scared.
0: Unplug from the matrix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm excited to experience your books and your continued writing and if it aligns for me to come to the South of France, I would love to do that. That sounds amazing.
1: It will be a very special energy down there.
0: I totally believe it. And I would love to experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank you so much, now for coming on to share yourself. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you and uh, much love to everyone listening.
0: All right, peace and love, family.
1: Take care. Big love.
0: We hope you enjoyed that episode. This is what we're all about at Souls of Society. If you feel inspired right now, share this with one of your friends. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. And most importantly, embody your soul by living in your heart. It's our time. It's our time for harmony, togetherness, and peace. Much love.